Okay, uh, today is uh, uh, Wednesday, October, uh, August 22nd, 2023, and we have with us Victoria Falgren from uh, Spokane, Washington, but she's not originally from Spokane, but uh, she's a, a three-time uh, Washington women's mid-amateur champion and also a three-time Washington Golf Women's Mid-Amateur Player of the Year. She is now the assistant golf coach for the women's golf team at Gonzaga University. Victoria, thanks uh, for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to get into what you're doing currently, uh, but maybe let's just chat a little bit about your past and how you kind of got to this point, if you could. Um, so originally from Southern California. Yeah. Yes, originally from Lakewood. It's in the Long Beach area. And I started playing golf when I was around four. Started kind of taking it seriously when I was around eight or nine, as seriously as an eight or nine-year-old can take anything. Yeah. Um, but I played a ton of junior golf growing up, um, probably to the detriment of my ranking. Um, I didn't really play the game with the ranking system. I just wanted to play. So I played in every yeah. Yeah. event I could get my hands on. Um, yeah. and <clears throat> who, who, who got you into the game? How did you, how did you, uh, how parents. did you even start? Yeah. Yeah. My parents, my, um, both of them played very casually. Um, but we, I remember we just sort of had a day where we went out to the driving range and I kind of liked it. And my parents asked me if I wanted to maybe get some lessons and I said, yes. And we just kind of went from there. Yeah. Um, Long Beach has a really amazing junior golf program out of Hartwell golf course, this little par three okay. course. And it was originally run by Bev Brines, who was a Navy nurse in Korea. And she ran a super tight ship. We all wore these red polos that we had to have tucked in and we would have to take lessons and we would graduate to etiquette classes. And then we graduate yeah. to nine holes and we kept a handicap and there's a clutch. Yeah, wow. yeah. um, and there was like every Friday night, there was like 600 little red polo golfers playing Hartwell. Um, so I grew up through that program, um, and I'm still really good friends with a lot of the girls that I met mm -hmm. through the program, um, and so that was super formative for my golf yeah. experience. Do you play golf in high school? Yes, must have. Yes. Yeah. So uh, how did you end up in Spokane at Gonzaga? You played for Gonzaga, and uh, were, were you recruited? Did you pursue them? Did they pursue you? How did they find out about you, and how did that work out? Yeah, you know, I was going through the recruiting process. I was taught... At the time, I thought I wanted to stay kind of closer to California, um, in California specifically. Um, but I was just kind of going through the recruiting process. My dad is actually from Spokane. He grew up here. Oh, um, and here. My aunt went to Gonzaga. My uncle played basketball here at Gonzaga. Um, and so I had family connections to the area, but I hadn't yeah. really seriously considered it um, until... Um, the, the new head coach, my now boss, Brad Rickle, sent me an email saying that, you know, he was interested in recruiting me. And I sort of thought, well, you know, I have, I know where the area is. I know what the school is. Like, let's talk. And um, we kind of went down that recruiting path. Um, and I came up here for a family reunion and then decided to go see the campus and just fell in love with the community and the people and haven't left. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, uh, your very first tournament at Gonzaga, you won. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, as a freshman, you know, as as I look back on it, I think if I had had a better understanding of what that meant or what was going on, I don't know that I would have <laughs> been able to play as loosely as I had. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember being so nervous. I literally shanked the approach shot on my very first hole um, and got up and down for par, thankfully, but I vividly remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, I shot 67 the final round um, that broke the then uh, the school single round scoring record, which has since been shattered. Um, mm. Like it actually is tied for the NCA um, single round scoring record with 61 with one of our players a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just one of those days where everything was going right. I made a bunch of putts and hit a lot of good mm. approaches. And, um, and I just remember being super loose. Like I remember coach was on a hole with me on a par three and I kind of looked over at him I'm like I'm playing really well today and he goes okay keep it up and I'm like okay (laughs) um so pretty good collegiate career basically I mean you I think uh my little notes here um you won the individual west coast conference title in 2012 was that your senior year or junior year was my junior year yeah junior year yeah and a few other uh uh individual titles along the way and as well yeah uh, so those were my two individual medalist events in college. Yeah. Um, as a team, we won maybe four, five, or six events when I was on the team, and we've won yeah. since um, since yeah. I've been coaching as well. Yeah. So at the end of your collegiate playing career, uh, did you think about like maybe I should play? professionally or or what were you thinking when you graduated did you think well where where do I do now where does this go uh do I go back to Southern California things like that you know ironically enough I never really considered professional golf you know I I thought that that was something that would be really fun but um I just sort of knew my limits as far I had a ton of injuries when I was a player I had I was up after a round with three or four ice bags on every joint. Um, Mm. And I just knew that I didn't think my body could hold up. Um, And I had played in a tournament uh, my junior or senior year of high school. And I played with a girl who I think at the time was ranked in the top five in the country for college players. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember, and she just whooped on me. saw how good she was like she was an incredible player and then I followed her collegiate career um and she had an amazing collegiate career and then I followed her trying to make it as a professional and she really struggled you know it's really it's so difficult to make it as a professional women's golfer yeah um and I just remember thinking like she's so good and if she can't make it Mm -hmm. I need to be realistic about my own you know process um, and so I never really considered playing professionally. I knew I wanted to stay in golf. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I think my senior year, I was a little bit twisting in the wind. Um, and it just kind of lined up that at the time, my now boss was looking to add an assistant. At the time, we didn't have an assistant coach with our program. Mm-hmm. Um, was looking to add an assistant and he thought I would be a good addition. So I stayed mm-hmm. on. I graduated on a Sunday and I think my first day was Wednesday. 
Is that right? So you segued right into that. That was a pretty nice transition for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you play at all during? So I, we'll get into it in just a minute here uh, as you b- become a mid-am player. But between you know age 22 or so and 25, were you just focused mainly on coaching or or what? Yeah, I played a little bit. I played the uh, the women's am pub links at the home course, uh, the final. Yeah. And that was immediately after I graduated. Um, yeah, 2014. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I played in the Washington Women's AM when it was at Squim, when I was still oh, yeah. in AM. But it was right before I turned to be a mid-AM. And I just remember thinking, I am too old to be doing this with all these young girls. <laughs> I played okay. I think I took like fourth or fifth. Um, <laughs> But that was, um, you know, and I would play the odd event here and there. Um, I think I maybe played some champion and champion events as well um, mm-hmm. with Washington Golf. Um, but I didn't play nearly nearly as much. Uh-huh. So then when you did reach the mid-am status at age 25, did you, you just jumped right into it, yeah? Yeah, I was kind of waiting for that. Um, I was kind of waiting for that you know, landmark in my, in my age that I could play with the mid-ams. Um, you know, I really feel that the mid-am category is, in my opinion, at least one of the purest forms of amateur golf. You know, I feel like on some level, um, younger amateur golf has just sort of been the prelude to professional golf, which is great. I think, you know, I think a lot of collegiate players and, um, you know, players that are on their way to becoming professionals need that avenue. But um, at its essence, what amateur golf was intended yeah. to be, you know, people that are passionate mm-hmm. about golf, that have careers and lives and are not, you know, professional golfers in waiting. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what the mid-am category has become. Yeah, sure. And you qualified for uh, the U.S. women's mid-am twice, looks like, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I uh I've been lucky enough to qualify for two of those. Um, unfortunately, a couple years I wasn't able to attempt to qualify because work I had work conflicts, so I wasn't able to try to qualify. But I think I've played in seven or eight USGA events. Um, and they, yeah. They're just such an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had some pretty good success, like I mentioned at the at the top of the the conversation here. You won the Washington State Women's Mid Am three times and was named. Uh, the women's uh, mid-end player of the year three times as well. Um, so, uh, in your when you when you graduated from Gonzaga and started as assistant coach, how was your experience of being recruited? How did that affect or impact your your method of recruiting, or or or, or I, I should say your method of looking for talent and, and talented players? Yeah, I think. You know, I think on some level when I'm recruiting players, I think a big strength of mine is that I'm, at least at the time, especially when I was starting to coach, I was so young that I was really, really relatable to the players. Um, you know, when I when I first started coaching, I was 21. And so I was recruiting 16, 17-year-olds that really weren't that much younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so I could really relate to them on you know, I can kind of convey my experience as a player and I still lean on that heavily. You know, I'm, I definitely think that a strength of my position is that I'm sort of a conduit between 
the team and the head coach. You know, I'm um, a bridge, obviously, chronologically as far as our age, but then, you know, yeah. I her coach, so I have yeah. that experience with them. Yeah, okay. Uh, and uh, you mentioned uh, last week when we were going back and forth with emails about uh, you're going to go out to a, like, the, it was actually the PNJ Junior Girls Amateur up in North Bellingham and uh, to recruit or, or to at least look at some of the players. Um, do you do that a lot? Do you go travel around the state a little bit with a, you have a particular idea that you're looking for, or particular players that you're going to look for? Yeah, I do probably about 90% of the travel for the recruiting for our program. Mm. Um, and, I, and every summer is a little different. This um, At the beginning of the summer, I had a big surgery, so I was down and out for I was in the hospital for 16 days, so I was yeah. out commission for almost yeah. two months. Um, but on a typical summer, I, you know, I kind of try to mix up the events I go to. There are certain events that I go to almost every year because I know they're, um, you know, very target rich. I, I want my logo to be visible in those, at those yeah. events. Um, and then there are events that just sort of, um, you know, take shape as the summer goes on, depending on the recruits that we're talking to in that year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I may decide that I need to go to this event to watch this specific player. Yeah. Do players, uh, they must, they contact you, say, look, I'd like to, I'd like to be considered, or here, here's my, here's the link to some videos of my play or anything like that. Do they, they promote themselves? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so different now from when I was a player. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the communication is still primarily email, but, you know, all these kids have these super curated websites now. They all have YouTube yeah. videos that are really accessible, um, you know, marketing themselves on Instagram with their own personal golf page so the coaches can see their swing videos and they'll post their results. Um, so it's a lot more technologically savvy than like when I was yeah. a player. Yeah, sure. Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, uh, some uh, health issue that you were dealing with, and uh, I know that uh, on the on the amateur front and the tournaments and around the state, that your name has been absent uh, for a little bit now, and uh, I'm assuming that was the main reason why. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I had 40% uh, of my stomach removed at the beginning of summer um, okay. to deal with some persisting stomach ulcers. So okay. I, I tried to schedule it around our conference championship so that it didn't um, interfere with work too much. But unfortunately, like one of our players qualified for NCAA regionals and I wasn't able to go. I was just sitting in my hospital bed, refreshing live scoring, watching her scores. <laughs> yeah. um, so not much golf in 2023. That, that's for sure for you. Yeah. Uh, you did mention previous in a previous conversation about your your taking your personal career to another level. Is that right? Yeah. Can we talk about I, that? Yeah, I am just starting the process of becoming a PGA professional. Um, you know, it was a it was a decision I didn't take lightly because I really have found a lot of fulfillment and a lot of joy in playing competitive golf at the amateur level. Um, and I think on some level it was really difficult for me because I took a lot of my own um, self-identification and sort of my own self-worth from my identification as a golfer, um, as a competitive golfer. Um, and so it wasn't a decision I took lightly, you know, kind of giving up my amateur status, but I, over the last few years, kind of the, 
I wasn't feeling as much joy when I played as I felt like I should. Um, I felt like I was sort of constantly playing defensive. I was playing to not poorly rather than to play well or to enjoy myself. Yeah, sure. And so I kind of made that decision and I thought that, um, you know, my boss has been really encouraging of me um, to kind of take these next steps and sort of learn more. And I'm really excited to, you know, just continue learning about golf and learning about the industry. Mm -hmm. well, this if early, early stages of it. Um, so, yeah. you know, I still probably have two or three or four more years to go in the program. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, will this affect, um, pr probably not, because you must have thought about this, but doesn't affect how your your job as a, as a coach at the university, does it? No, I think if anything, it will enhance it. You know, I think the additional education that I will get through this program, you know, um, validity with recruits and parents, um, mm -hmm. connections within the industry in the area, I think they'll all be benefits. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that one of the biggest things that kind of gave me pause initially was that I was gonna, really going to miss the people that I would play golf with, you know, in the mid-am level. And even some of the senior ladies that I've gotten to know through caddying for friends. Um, and I kind of got all my assurances from them that I would still be welcome at, you know, um, yeah. hang out with them. So that was yeah. really encouraging. Okay. Well, I guess that was my other question is what, what was, what would be your goal with this new uh, certification of, of being a PGA professional uh, to continue as a coach or branch out to other things or, or where do you see this going? Yeah. You know, when I, when I first started coaching, I was so young and I don't think I fully grasped at all what I was doing um, or what my, mm -hmm. I didn't really have a plan. I just kind of was taking everything day by day. Um, and over the last few years, I feel like my life has sort of codified itself a little bit in that, um, uh, I'm realizing more and more that I want to be at Gonzaga for the long term. Um, you know, I love Gonzaga as a place. Uh, my parents are actually here in Spokane now. Um, I'm getting married here in Spokane. His family is from Spokane forever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're realizing that kind of this is where we want to be. And so I want to be, I want to coach here for, you know, mm -hmm. as long as it makes sense for me to do so. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Victoria Falgren, uh, thanks uh, for taking the time to chat this morning. Um, we're going to miss you on the amateur level, but uh, uh, seeing you, your friendly face at our statewide championships. But uh <laughs> I have an idea we'll probably be seeing you around pretty much on the in the golf scene as we go along anyway, it sounds like. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Victoria, thanks again for joining us and uh we'll talk to you again soon. Of course. All right. Bye bye.